Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. I'm coming to you from the campus of Duke University this week. I've had the opportunity to take a behind-the-scenes look at Duke's men's basketball program, an iconic collegiate basketball program. Rachel Baker, who's the general manager of Duke's men's basketball program, is my guest. Baker was hired for this trailblazing position in college sports in June of last year. It's a position that will likely be hired at other elite college basketball and football programs in the future. Baker discusses her career path thus far, being a woman working in sports and leading an elite men's basketball program and what Duke is doing specifically to help its student athletes with everything from navigating NIL deals to supporting the players with mental health. We also look inside of Duke's men's basketball program from how the program taps into its incredible network of Duke basketball alumni to how the Cameron crazies secure tickets to home basketball games at Cameron indoor stadium. I know you're going to find this conversation as insightful as I did, especially if you work in college sports, you're in sports marketing, or you're a woman working in sports. And remember the name Rachel Baker. I'm telling you right now, she is destined for greatness in the sports business industry. I can see her being a team president or even a commissioner someday. I greatly appreciate Rachel and the Duke men's basketball team hosting me this week. Also joining me on Sports Business Radio this week, coming up after this segment, is Sandra L. Richards, head of Morgan Stanley's Global Sports and Entertainment. We have a major announcement to make about a new partnership between Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment and Sports Business Radio. We've been working on this one for quite a while. It's going to be a game changer for us. So I'm really excited to reveal the details with Sandra's help coming up in a few minutes. I'm joined by Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing great. And uh, been enjoying your pictures from Duke University on on your socials because, uh, man, the place looks like, as you say, Hogwarts for college, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is a stunning campus. Um, just phenomenal facilities for the students, for the student athletes. Um, I've been impressed with the people. I'll tell you, I've been in the South here for a few weeks and the people in the South, I'm from the Western part of the United States as you are, Griggs, and the people in the South are just the nicest, most down to earth, hospitable people. And uh, I've really enjoyed the Southern hospitality. And I'm going tonight to my first ever Duke men's basketball game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, the Cameron Crazies. Um, Griggs, I'm excited. I don't get excited about attending sporting events too often anymore, but this is a bucket list item for me. And after learning about Duke and hearing you know, from Rachel about the men's basketball team, I'm excited to see it all in action at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Yeah, and uh, Rachel is just uh, a great interview, knows so much about the program, helps so much about the, with the program, and I mean, she has some great insight. Like you said, you're, you, we'll, we'll see her as a commissioner or something someday because you can just tell how she carries herself and the answers and the things she knows. But yeah, I mean, Duke's iconic. I mean, it is college basketball. It's uh, when you can get behind the scenes and pull the curtain back just a little bit with a big program like Duke and kind of figure out how it runs and, and how the whole show happens, uh, it's pretty impressive. So I'm looking forward to hearing after you go to the game tonight, uh, what it's what it's like 
Yeah, follow along uh, on Instagram at Sports Business Radio or on Twitter at SB Radio. I'll be posting actively on social. Um, all right, before we get to the conversation with Sandra L. Richards and with Rachel Baker, let's look at the headline of the week, Griggs. Super Bowl 57, the lineup is set. We know who it is. It's February 12th in Arizona. It's going to match the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles against the AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs. As of this recording, the Eagles are two-point favorites. The game is going to be broadcast by Fox with Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson on the call. Rihanna is going to be performing for the Apple Music halftime show. Chris Stapleton, Tennessee Whiskey himself, is going to sing the national anthem. So, Griggs, are you excited about this matchup? You were... uh, I think you were 0 for 2 in your picks. <laughs> I was 1 for 2. I had the Bengals and the Eagles. You had the Niners and the Bengals. So what do you think this time around? Or you can even hold off till next week if you need another week <laughs> to figure out who who you're going to take in this game. Yeah, you know, I've never been the luckiest guy on picks, uh, you know, whether it be pulling lottery <laughs> numbers, DK Metcalf is my number one draft pick, you know, things like that don't work out for me too well. But uh Either way, it's going to be a fun matchup. I mean, once once Brock Purdy went down, didn't look good, but you're right. We texted during the game. Philly is just a dominating force. I mean, that game was over no matter who was playing quarterback, I think, for San Fran. So I think Philly is going to win the whole the whole deal. I really do. I just don't know who's going to beat them. They're blowing teams out in the playoffs. I think it'll be competitive, but I do think Philly is going to get the Super Bowl win. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs are fun, obviously, with Mahomes and Kelsey and the crew, but they've lost they lost a bunch of receivers in that game. They got some injuries they got to figure out too. So uh it'll be a fun game. I'm looking forward to the brother battle, the Kelsey brothers. I mean, they're both hilarious and fun to watch. So I think that'll be a fun uh, little side angle. But it's Super Bowl. It's gonna be fun. Looking forward to halftime too and, and Stapleton kicking it off. So let's go. All right. A couple more nuggets. And by the way, I'm not making my pick till next week's show. So <laughs> we'll right. we'll hold off on that. But a few more nuggets around the Super Bowl. The cost for a 30-second spot in this year's Super Bowl, Griggs, a record $7 million. That is the record high. $6.5 million was the cost for a 30-second spot last year. And Fox's inventory is reportedly 95% filled. So Fox and the NFL are going to rake it in on the Super Bowl spots Next week on our show, we'll dig into who's going to be in some of these spots. But as we've always said, Griggs, that's just the cost for the airtime. If you're going to go hire a famous actor or actress, you've got to pay to produce the spot. I mean, you're looking at $7 million plus probably at least another 5 to $7 million. You might be $15 million in for a 30-second spot. That's unbelievable. We've been doing the show for 19 years and the cost of the 32nd spot for the Super Bowl has just escalated and escalated every single year. I thought there would be a bubble maybe a few years ago where it would level out and it would stay pretty flat from one year to the next. But nope, every year price goes up and the inventory still sells out. You would think they'd go, well, Fox isn't sold out because the price of the commercial is so much. Nope, not having a problem selling these spots at all. Well, it's just that 100 million viewers. You know, it is the most watched event every year, hands down, not even close. And that value is incredible. And you mix that with now with all the socials. You know, they're posting it on YouTube. They're posting it on all the socials. In fact, this year, I've seen even more kind of teaser spots, you know, Michelob Ultra, a couple other ones where they've kind of teased the, the, you know, the halftime commercial or whatever they're going to place it. But uh, I think there's so much money around this and the viewership is so huge that these people keep spending and every year it's going up. I think it was only like five, five and a half last year. So in a year, it's gone up a million, million and a half or two million. That is crazy. All right. The other thing the NFL has to like with this matchup is you've got some stars. Patrick Mahomes is one of the faces of the NFL. You've got a young star in Jalen Hurts, who's an MVP candidate this year. And then these are two fan bases that are going to travel for this game. So Philly hasn't been in the game since 2017 when they beat New England. And then Kansas City was in the game in 2020. But Griggs, that was the pandemic year, so no fans could come. So um, these are two fan bases that travel really well. And we'll talk to you next week about ticket prices. But the way this is lining up is this could be 
the most expensive Super Bowl ticket in the history of the Super Bowl. And we'll have those numbers for you next week. But Greg's two number one seeds, Philly and Kansas City, both teams have stars. Um, This is a recipe for great, great viewing audience for the NFL, for Fox. And like you said, those sponsors who are trying to get so many eyeballs to their product and who are paying a hefty price to advertise during the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you got a good venue. You got the desert. Everybody loves going to sunny Arizona. So I think traveling from two cold climates, KC, it was like 10 degrees, the game they just played. So right. I think you got people are like, okay, let me put some shorts on and go swimming for the week. So I think you're right. You got great fan bases. It's at a great location. Uh, the heat and the sun, the desert, people are going to go there. And it's it's always watchable. I am curious to see how the ticket prices have gone up because just like the ads, everything goes up every year. It'll be Those numbers will be interesting. All right, so on next week's show, we're going to have some special NFL-related guests. You'll be excited to see who those are. And then we'll dig in more on the ticket prices and who's going to be advertising during the game. And and we'll have some other little nuggets for you to prep you for when you watch uh, Super Bowl 57 in Arizona on February 12th, live on Fox. Coming up next... Got a big announcement about a new partnership with Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment. Sandra L. Richards is going to join me for that. And then after that, Rachel Baker, the general manager of Duke's men's basketball program, is going to stop by and uh, you're going to enjoy that conversation. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. I'm joined by Sandra L. Richards. She's the head of Morgan Stanley's Global Sports and Entertainment Division. She's been on with me before. You can follow her on Twitter at Sandra L. Richards. Sandra, how are you? Happy New Year. I'm good. How are you? Happy New Year to you. Well, you're joining me because we have some big news to share with our audience. And I got to tell you, I've been doing the show for 19 years. This may be the most exciting partnership that we've ever had. Um, You know, I told our audience when you were on last time that I personally have worked with Morgan Stanley for two decades. They, they manage my money. And I just think the world of, of what you guys are doing in the world of financial literacy education um, and empowering athletes and entertainers today through Morgan Stanley. So I'm excited to announce to our audience with you here with me, Sandra, that Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment is the exclusive financial sponsor of Sports Business Radio going forward. This is a big day for us, and we're just so excited to partner with you. No, thank you so much. And, you know, working with, you know, Stephen on our team and and talking to you and your team. And again, you know, you had me on your show. I just thought that what you talk about and the platform that you have in, in telling the great stories and trying to shift the narrative about athletes and um, what they're doing in their space on and off the court, you know, in front of the camera, off the camera. Um, I think you're just telling really great stories. So proud to be uh, a partner with you on this. Well, thank you. Yeah. We talked about that before when you were on, I mean, I, I look at some of the guests that we've had on over the years, uh, uh, Maria Sharapova, um, Ken Griffey Jr., um, Candace Parker, Malcolm Jenkins, so many athletes that are their own business leader. They're the CEO of their own brand. It used to be, you know, you signed an endorsement deal and you got a check and, and, you know, you just put your name on a shoe or a product. Now, these are athletes that are running their own multi-million dollar corporations. And it's really neat to see how that's changed. And it's great that you're, you know, you're facilitating those conversations because while we need you know, financial education, it's just education overall as you're building your brand, your business, um, and other athletes are looking at them to try to emulate what they're doing, getting inspiration for them. So, you know, you having those conversations and and giving them the platform to talk about that um, is really important. And so, again, that's why we're um, delighted to be partnering with you on, you know, sharing these kinds of stories, because it's important. Well, and like I said a couple minutes ago, we're going to be working with you to highlight an athlete each month who's out there doing great things in the business world. And, you know, I I think we recognize many of those athletes on this show and we've talked to many of them about what they're doing. 
but I do think it needs to be pushed to the forefront even more. So I'm just so excited to be working with Morgan Stanley on that. No, it's really great. And look, Sports Business Radio and Brian, you know, you're one of the best in the business. So happy to be here with you. You are too kind. Let's talk about uh, financial literacy education. Again, 20 years ago, this wasn't being taught as much. But I know, for example, Morgan Stanley is working for the ninth year with the Reese's Senior Bowl and the participants of that game. Tell us what you're doing at these events where you're providing financial literacy education to the athletes. You know, when the business was started, it it started focusing on and, and, and developed on the basis and the foundation of financial education. And so it's just an extension of how we do our business with our clients, talking, going out in the community. And, and doing these and facilitating these kind of conversations. But we're having those about, you know, budgeting, saving, investing, credit. And as you said, being the CEO of your own business, what does that look like? How do you go and find, um, you know, trusted advisors? What are some of the questions you should be asking? Our sessions are never about selling products. It is not about, you know, come open an account with us, but it's more so about taking that education and that you're armed with information no matter who you're talking to, if you're talking to a CPA, you're talking to an attorney, you know, you have enough information to go in and have intelligent conversations and 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 really be the driver of your business and the brand that you have. So it's important, even more so, you know, for rookies, for professional athletes, those even when they retire. But even if you go way back into talking to kids in high school, and we just did the Who Call Classic. And, you know, talking to college students, you know, as we all know, NIL is um, a reality for, for many now. And, and those are conversations we need to have as early as college, as early as high school. And, you know, shoot, we might have to go to the little, you know, little Pop Warner kids too soon because <laughs> everybody's looking at these young people so early on. And it's not even engaging them, but it's also engaging their parents and the coaches that are around. We have a great relationship that we developed with the National um, Coalition of uh, Minority Football Coaches. Um, So, you know, all those people in the ecosystem, we need to be talking to and highlighting the importance of having these conversations. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. It used to be you had these conversations with athletes who were getting ready to turn pro. Now, Mm -hmm. with NIL, it's changed everything. And there's NIL in some states in high school. So educating high school athletes, and like you said, college athletes, there are some college athletes out there right now who are making millions of dollars because of name, Mm -hmm. image, and likeness. So I think the earlier the education starts, the better, and Morgan Stanley is leading those conversations, which again, was so attractive to us to be partnered with you. No, we appreciate it. And you know, the the foundation of Figuring out what's your why, what are you all in the, in this for, and how do you want to be, you know, seen not just you know from a brand and you know a corporate citizen, a good person, and and you know being the role model for the next generation and people that are coming behind you. Um, you know, we want to be at the table helping to facilitate and changing the narratives around pe- how people are seeing athletes in this space. And look, there have been so many athletes that helped to change a narrative. We're just being part of that conversation to continue to facilitate that. And the basis is definitely focused on financial education. Yeah. And the thing that's changed again so much in the last 20, 25 years, it used to be, you know, you have an agent or you have a financial uh, person who handles everything and you trust them and you just give it to them. Now the athletes want to understand this themselves. They want to be the CEO of their own company. They don't want to just hand it off to someone else. Absolutely. And they absolutely should. That You know, there's a, I think that more and more, you know, you're seeing the power and the athletes recognizing the power of the platform and the power that they have and the voice that they have. And it matters and it's important. This is your bread. This is your bucket. This is your bag. You need to take care of it. And you need to understand what's happening with it. And look, you're not, you don't need to, you know, when, you know, some people say, no, you just go out and play ball. I'll handle it. No, I need to understand what the, what's going on here too. Now I'm I'm gonna let you do your job, but you know you want to, as an athlete you should want to, and as anybody you should want to be at the table understanding what's going on because it's it's 
it's your livelihood. It's how you eat. It's how you take care of your family. It's how you take care of yourself when, you know, this one part of your career is over and you're going on to the next. It is important. So, I, you know, again, for us to be together and, and facilitating these conversations um, with many of the partners that we have, the colleges and universities that we go to, um, look, we're just excited to be in the conversation and hoping to make a difference and an impact. Another part of our partnership with you is going to be that we're going to take Sports Business Radio on the road. You guys are part of some amazing conversations. I love road shows. That's I know. Awesome. Road shows are fun. Road shows are fun. We like being in front of uh, live audiences. You are a rock star. I see you all over social media. It seems like you're in a new location <laughs> every week, whether it's at a university or a conference and you're leading these conversations. So we're super excited to join you at a couple of those and, and you know, again, lead these conversations in person. Look, and I must say that, you know, it's uh, while you see me, there's many people on our team that are doing really great things. And we have about 235 global sports and entertainment directors across the country who are doing things, who are part of what we're doing and also locally doing um, hosting financial education sessions on their own. So some of it you may not even see, but they're happening day in and day out. And, you know, that is the, in the DNA of our global sports and entertainment director. So um, it's a big team of us out there doing this. So, you know, if people are listening and they want us to come host a session, want to have a conversation, there are plenty of us to talk to. Well, and I'll give a little plug here. If you want to learn more about Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, go to morganstanley.com backslash G-S-E, and you can read about what they're doing. You can connect with them personally. And, uh, you know, throughout this partnership, we're going to make sure that people know how to reach you. And if they're looking for financial literacy educa education or things of that nature, they know how to get a hold of you because you're doing such great things. Sandra, I know you've got a busy schedule. I'm going to let you go, but I wanted to bring you on this week's show to make this big announcement. We're so excited, and I look forward to the year ahead. Uh, thank you so much, and we're excited too. And you know, I can't wait to the first uh, leg on the road show. That's going to be fun. I look forward to seeing you in person. You too. Well, like I said, Sandra is everywhere, and she's going to be participating in a great panel this Thursday, February 2nd. It's the Invesco QQQ panel in connection with the Invesco QQQ Legacy Classic. The star-studded panel is going to be moderated by Taylor Rooks. She's going to be joined on the panel by Grant Hill, Justin Lawson, and it's connecting with students and student-athletes from HBCU schools participating in this weekend's Invesco QQQ Legacy Classic Basketball Showcase. Good luck to everyone this Thursday. All right, you're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Talent, hard work, focus, and determination got you here. Now take the right steps to prepare for your future and ensure that you stay at the top of your game, your business, your craft. Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment is a division of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management dedicated to serving the unique and sophisticated needs of elite and professional athletes, entertainers, executives, creators, and other top talent and professionals in the sports and entertainment industry. They deliver the education, strategies, and expertise you need to help advance your financial game plan at every stage of your career journey. They speak the language. They know your business. Morgan Stanley will work with you to achieve your goals. I've trusted Morgan Stanley with my personal wealth management for almost 20 years. Visit Morgan Stanley at morganstanley.com backslash G-S-E. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. I am at the mecca of college basketball right now, Duke University. I am so excited to be joined by Rachel Baker, who is the general manager of Duke Men's Basketball. Rachel, thanks so much for having me here on campus. Uh, what a beautiful school. Uh, beautiful facility here that you have. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you here today. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for asking me to do this. I'm excited as well. All right. So I like to start kind of at the beginning. Our audience loves to know the career path of our guests. So let's start with college. You went to LaSalle. You played lacrosse. Yes. Um, how did that get you interested in being a student athlete? 
I think I won't bore everyone with too much of my life story, but I think I have to start a little bit before that because although I was a, a lacrosse player, basketball's always been my whole entire life. Uh, my dad was a college basketball coach, so a lot of my first memories are, are in gyms. We were in uh, Jersey, California, Cincinnati, back to New Jersey, and I always wanted proximity to this sport. I just wasn't very good at it. Um, and so I, I, that's what I always knew that having sport being a part of your life and, and being an athlete, like I'd never thought about college without playing a sport in, in college, which um, it so happened that the one I was best at was lacrosse. So I ended up uh, at LaSalle. It was my it's my only offer and I took it. Um, but, I, but I went to LaSalle, um, played lacrosse there. And the great thing about ending up in not only at that school, but in Philly, is, which is one of the better sports cities in the world is I had a lot of opportunity from an internship perspective. Uh, I went to school for for communication. I wanted to be on TV. Um, I tell this story a lot, but the only women I saw in and around sports were mostly on TV. So I thought that was my only shot at it. Um, and but my first internship was actually in in PR. Um, I worked at a movie. Uh, a promotional movie PR firm in in Philadelphia, um, which worked out because my next internship was in PR at the Sixers. Uh, They were only hiring PR interns during the lockout year. So um, I was lucky enough to do that, went through a new ownership group, uh, and then the the season started back up and I was the only extra hands available. So I did stats on my lunch break with Harvey Pollack and I'd go to with the community uh, community relations group to local schools in the afternoon and then game night things with PR at night. So I got to see all of the different things that, that go into running, running a, a sports franchise. What great experience. Um, you know, I too used to be an intern long ago and, you know, you just do anything and everything to get experience. And I want to back up. You were telling me a story before we started recording about how you wanted to go to Duke and play lacrosse. Yes. And now you're here. Yes. And we're going to talk about your role here, but um, tell the story about yeah, what was under your pillow when you were younger. Yes. Um, so my dad didn't know anything about lacrosse, but he happened to have a couple of relationships in college and in, in universities, obviously. So um, we were in Boston and Duke was playing BC. And I, I'm sure the only reason why I knew about Duke was because of back to college basketball, because everyone knows about Duke or a large majority of people know about Duke because of college basketball, but I knew that it was a school I wanted to go to. So um, I met the the Duke coaching staff at their BC game and um, they sent me a letter, a handwritten note to my house. And at the time, I thought it really meant something. Now I know it was probably just something that they did with everyone that they met. Um, and I actually found it. Re- my mom found it recently and brought it down here to me, but I slept with it under my pillow. I swear probably every single night for about a year and a half when I finally gave up the dream of, of coming to Duke to play lacrosse. So um, I I gave up the dream a long time ago, but I guess it was already written for me to end up here somehow. Yeah, that's so special. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Okay, you worked at Nike. Yes. And, you know, that was very formulative for you. What did you do at Nike and how has that helped you in your role now? Yeah, um, I started. I uh, I had a couple internships with the in the in the summer with Nike's elite youth basketball group, um, both in the skills academies and then also um, the league, the UIBL. And then when I graduated, the really interesting thing about working with Nike is like just the how expansive these events were, like how much they invested in in the future of these kids and how they did it and how creative it was like my head was spinning I just knew I wanted to be a part of it I didn't know how um so after I graduated I um applied for gosh probably a hundred jobs at Nike I didn't I really didn't care I just wanted to be there and then I also um I was I was working at a restaurant and I saved up saved my money flew out to Portland sat in the Mia Hamm cafeteria emailed everyone I could um a late great friend of mine uh Ron Rolly helped me out with a bunch of different informational interviews. My jaw hurt at the end of the day. I swear I was talking for 10 hours, but it was everything from um, the philanthropic side to basketball sports marketing to bring whatever it could be. And people were just answering my questions. They had no interest in helping me 
helping me out uh, about getting a job, but I just learned so much about the company. I knew I wanted to work there. And going to school in a place like LaSalle, you walk on and you realize when they call it campus, it's like the coolest place in the world to ever go, Nike campus. Um, so anyways, I got, I ended up uh, getting a role in basketball sports marketing, a super administrative role working with the EYBL and its camps and clinics, um, booking flights, doing some operational stuff at events, um, but really... It was about making the experience for for these athletes as premium as possible so that Nike had the best shot at um, recruiting recruiting the athletes when they they signed pro. Um, I vividly remember there's there's random moments in life that you have like really specific memories of. And I vividly remember one day um, my boss at the time calling me into his cube because you basically have to be Phil Knight to have an office at Nike. It's in cubes. <laughs> um, but he calls me into his cube and he was like, I don't know what it is. I had been working for about a year in, in sports marketing, really in the relationship business. And he's like, I don't know exactly what it is, but I feel like as we're going out and recruiting and spending times with families, like you should just go and like, I don't know, get your nails done with mom. That's what women do, right? We just sit around and get our nails done. So he's like, get your nails done with moms or something. And what he didn't realize he was saying, but now looking back from a women play such a unique role in everyone's lives. I'm a little biased, but everyone's lives was specifically these these young men that we were in the in the world of recruiting. And what he realized was what I could contribute not only to them, but their families, their moms, and and really building a relationship and then also evaluating their the opportunity in front of them was something that would be unique. Um, so that really unlocked the opportunity to play more of a what they call um field rep role on the, on the elite youth basketball side, spending time um, with all of the, the guys that were coming through and, and, and their families. And um, I was in the room when we were trying to decide um, who we wanted at how much time we spent with them, what our competition looked like, all of those things. And I just had so much exposure to what went into deciding who the next LeBron was, KD was, Kyrie was, and and I just learned so much from all all of the people around me in that space. Yeah, incredible. And then you know you also learned how to market these exactly. athletes yeah. too, exactly. which again is is helping you with your current job. And I think we both agree, Nike's about as good as it gets yes. when it comes to marketing athletes and and you know making them into superstars. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, what started as and I worked on the relationship side, but then also with our events, it was it was connecting with our brand marketing team, making sure we've done everything from from events, events in airport hangars to laying out courts outside to whatever it may be. But really wanting to differentiate ourselves and, and working in that capacity, really viewing the EYBL as a business the same way LeBron has a business. Um, I I had such exposure to how you you market frame identify top talent and um, that what started at that are you fast forward five years and and I worked on Kevin Durant's business and I think what he's done what his t- team has done at thirty five ventures from really looking at him as not just a basketball player, not just an athlete, but the CEO of a business. And there's an investment side and a marketing side and a philanthropic side and all of those things and all of those pieces of his business needing to um, cohesively and seamlessly connect, um, having exposure to that while also trying to drive his $200 million business at Nike and and keeping all of the different powers of V happy that from, from that regard, I use that every single day here at Duke. So a couple of different pieces of, of all of my experience at Nike that is really... Um, I tap into every day here. What does today's athlete want? Whether it's at this level or when you were at Nike, now we're pro and we're looking for a shoe deal. Like what specifically is today's athlete looking for? They want ownership. They want a voice. Um, they're no longer taking the product and smiling in front of the camera. They want to, they want to to advocate and, and sell things that they really use, that they really believe with, that aligns with their values. And then also they want some skin in the game. Like they want it to be, um, it's no longer just cut a check and show up. They want to really have have their hand in, I think, taking a step back. You've seen, that's what endorsements are marketing is. It's it's driving sales for, for businesses and they want a piece of that. Um, they've made so many different, all athletes have made so many different 
businesses, companies, products relevant um, have shifted culture around a sneaker or a drink or whatever it may be. And and the future of that is is ownership and and all of that those sales that you're driving. So speaking of the future, this job that you have here at Duke University is trailblazing. There are not GMs of basketball, men or women, and there's really not women who are GM of men's basketball. So what you're doing here, Rachel, is super impressive. Um, how did this come to be, whether it was you being here or John Shire, the head coach, saying, you know what, we need a GM of men's basketball? Um, I will give all the credit to Coach Shire. This was his brainchild. Um, we had been in the same same working circles for probably five or six years, but I wouldn't say we were close. We'd, we'd catch up, but he um, was paying attention to kind of what I was doing from a relationship perspective. And he always says that when he first got the job, he started with who, and then he started thinking about what. Um, and he didn't know the first time he called me it exactly what the role was. He didn't know exactly what we were going to call it. He just was just saw what I could contribute to the program and really wanted me to be a part of that. The way I view this role, the way he kind of started communicating it was that he was looking for a right hand from a business perspective. Um, he has some of the best instincts I've ever been around from a basketball perspective, but in terms of the business of, of what we're doing. And I really do think that if you make it as simple as possible, we're in the business of recruiting everything we do from our creative team, our game day experience, NIL, um, marketing, like all of that is about recruiting the top talent to win national championships. So um, he, it, 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 all of those things combined, like looking at what that role could look like, what turned into general, being a general manager, the thought of being the general manager at what one of the most storied programs in, in college basketball. And then on top of that, being a black woman, it's certainly not an opportunity that, that I take for granted. Um, but it was, it was all, it was all his idea. It's amazing. So NIL has changed everything. Yes. Right. Um, what are you doing here at Duke with the players to help them, A, identify the opportunities that are available and B, like become owners is part of what you were just talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah. It's far less identifying opportunities and far more evaluating the opportunity. And I think it'll change every single year. Um, we have 15 guys, 13 scholarship players, and um, 12 of those 13 have agents. So, yes. 12 of the 13 of the scholarship players at Duke have agents. Yes. Yes. Wow. Um, and that's something that two years ago, the, the concept of that would have been unbelievable. And at the beginning of the year, it was six. And we're like, oh, my God, six guys have agents. And now it is 12. So it's only going to continue to move in that direction. So what we do... Um, what I do is really sit down with them and is this the right opportunity? Does it make sense for you? Is there a way to make it make sense for you? And then also when we're agreeing to it, how do we make the deliverables as premium as possible? Um, because the one thing that NIL has done, it's kind of a two, two-headed monster in the way that on one side, it's taken off so much pressure. Um, the fact that you, such a delicate the the time for basketball i think that the couple of years you spend here for top talent is it's a really delicate period of time for them it's like you're so so close to success but you're not there yet and for as many stories of of all stars that have come through here there's plenty of stories of of those that it hasn't necessarily worked out with. so it, it's expediting that that experience you can do things like pay off your parents debt or and that's what our guys are doing with their money it's it's buying their mom, their first house. It's not the, we don't have any Lambos on campus yet. We may get there, we don't have any Lambos on campus yet. Um, and I think that, that that does alleviate a lot of the pressure for them. But then you're going to one of the hardest schools academically in the country. You're playing your sport in front of millions of people every single day. And then you want me to be the CEO of my own business at 18. Oh, and then there's also my social life, I think and family and all the pressures that come with that. So it's a lot of, it's hard. Like they don't, um, getting them to show up, put on a good face and, and deliver, deliver for their partners in a, in a really premium way. Um, it, it's challenging at times. Um, and I exist, our creative team exists to try and make that as easy on them as possible. 
What about the educational part of this? And I'm not talking about their classes at Duke, but I'm talking about educating them on the business that they're about to embark in. Um, are you doing that? Are there courses here at Duke? I've interviewed some student athletes in the last year and, and more and more colleges are now starting to offer courses on NIL and how you navigate that. So how does Duke handle that? Um, I may not have had the opportunity to go here, but let me tell you, I am taking advantage of our <laughs> of our faculty here. Um, some of we have so many resources here from from a finance, marketing, um, social mm-hmm. perspective, and and there are some courses that are being offered to the entire student body, and then there's also um, some insight we've been able to receive from some of that that staff that we can really help our guys with. Uh, we also have a program here called Brotherhood CEO, which takes place primarily in the summer, but also extended a bit into the fall. We're bringing people in. We're bringing special special specialists in to be able to to teach them about um, the the financial component of of what they're embarking in, um, how to think strategically about some of the the decisions they're making. What I've learned about them is real life examples are the best way to break through. You can preach and educate and send articles, but it's like, hey, this athlete did this and it resulted in that. And this athlete this did this and it resulted in that. And they're like, okay, I get it. Now now it makes sense. And you can, um, or they'll see, we'll, we'll do, we'll educate them on all the different things about how social works or doesn't work. And then they'll do the thing you told them not to do. And they see the, the result of it. And they're like, okay, I get it. I remember what you were saying. Um, I was working with you tell them so much about the importance of uh, brand alignment in, in their NIL deals and really understanding the importance right now of making sure that that what you're doing feels really authentic and how it takes a lot out of you to do things that don't feel authentic. Um, and you can say that and then they can do the deal that doesn't feel isn't a product they use and doesn't feel good. And they come back and they're like, OK, Rachel, I get it never again. So sometimes they just have to kind of experience it on their own. But we spend a ton of time on on education and giving them all the, the resources that the NCAA allows us to. I'm interested in hearing more about Brotherhood CEO. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of like J.J. Raddick, who also has a great podcast. Yes. Old Man and the Three. We'll yes. give it a plug. Um, also, uh, you know, Grant Hill. I've met him. He's part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. You have some incredible alums that played within the Duke basketball program. Are you able to have those alums sometimes share their wisdom with your current players? All the time. I mean, that's what they sell, right? That's the brotherhood. The fact mm-hmm. that Dariq can Dariq White can have, have an injury and then Grant Hill can come to practice and talk to him about all of the things that he did to overcome his injury. And then Dariq goes out and plays on Tuesday and thinks about those things and texts Grant after and says, th- like, that's exactly... And there's someone... Um, one degree of separation between any athlete or any any guy that's come through this program for anything they want to do. I mean, that's the, not to give our secrets away, but that's the sell. Like when you're recruiting, when you say like, do you want to work in finance or real estate or do you want to be an NBA all-star? Do you want to win a national championship or do you want to win an NBA? Whatever you want to do, do you want to be a head coach somewhere? We, there's someone that's done those things and, and really tapping into that network is is completely invaluable. So walk me through when you're recruiting a player, um, what's that conversation like about this is what we can do better than anyone else? And you just hit on part of it, right? The brotherhood, Mm -hmm. the network. And then, you know, I've worked with pro sports organizations and a lot of times at the beginning of the year, they sit down with the player and their representative and they say, all right, what are the goals for the year? What does this year look like in the community with your sponsor deals, with your social media? Is that going on here, I would imagine? Yeah. What we do on the front end is try and learn as much as we can about a recruit. Every single, it's not one size fits all at all. And we learn and learn that really early on. There's some, there's, there's one of our guys we have coming in next year. We sat in, we did this whole creative presentation and all the opportunity from a social media perspective and growing your followers and NIL and what we could do in the community and all that stuff. And he's like, what if I just want to go to school and play basketball? I'm like, of course, whatever you want. So you're really understanding what it is that, that each individual athlete family is looking for. And then what, and again, I take no credit for most of this. I just got here. But what what Coach K and Coach Shire and Duke has really created is the opportunity to create a program for anyone that wants to to have this experience. And 
from our sports performance staff to our mental health resources, me on a, on a marketing and NIL perspective, our creative team, whatever, whatever you want to focus on, we will lay out a specific program that allows you to do that, allows you to do that here. And again, we haven't spent a second talking about on court, but on court is a big piece of that too. Um, our player development program, really being able to identify, hey, these are the things that we think you can do in college. These are the things that you're doing in high school right now that we think you can improve on to um, play at a high level in college and then improve on the college level to play play at a high level um, in the NBA. So all of those things combined, we spend, it's it's a very, when we have, when we have guys on cam- campus, it's certainly a packed couple days of, of really trying to lay out all of the different things that, all the different resources that we put together here. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. When it comes to your health and longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. That's insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that on court, most you're, you're picking from the cream of the crop when you're recruiting. Everyone wants to come to Duke and play basketball. So I would imagine that most of the athletes that come through here, they do have aspirations to get to the NBA yes. or the WNBA, that next level. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but everyone has a different path to get there. And I think that's on us to be really honest, because the worst thing that could happen is that our expectations and an athlete's and family's expectations are misaligned. So that's like half the battle. We think that you're this and you think that you're this and we're going to work together to get you to that point. Um, but everyone here and then you walk the halls and you see all the other people that have done it. You don't come here if you don't want to be um, the best of the best. Yeah. Social media, uh, you know, our listeners, if you're not following Duke men's basketball on social, you need to be. It is so well done. You guys are on top of it. I mean, I see some accounts where, you know, they don't post very often or they miss opportunities to engage. You guys don't miss any opportunities. You are on top of it. So how many people are on the staff here doing social? And again, I would imagine you've got the assets who are the players. You're working closely with them to try and, you know, get the stories out there as much as possible. Yeah. All the credit to to Dave Bradley, our creative director and his team. Um, we have three full-time staff, uh, a couple part-time staff that work on our social team and then and our student interns that are unbelievable. And what what Dave has done so well is like he is on every trend at every moment. And and if you get a chance to meet him, he's always this like he's very level. So highs, lows with the game, with the season, like our our approach to social doesn't change. You'll still be able to hear um, about and from Duke men's basketball. I think that consistency with with our fans has gone a really long way. And that's not only this team. But what's going on with all of our our former guys in in the NBA or any of their individual um, success and accomplishments? So it it's been pretty unbelievable. Um, and then we have we work really closely with our guys. We spent Dave and I when I first got here, we spent about an hour with each one of our guys, really trying to identify what it is that makes them different, unique, and then how they wanted to collaborate with our social media team. Um, and what we, because the reality is, especially kind of doubling back to NIL a bit, the first questions that we get from any of our, from any brand partners is, is really how many followers you, like that's the, that's the easiest way to make right. sure that you're making a smart investment on the brand side. Because I think what we've seen in the first couple of years of NIL is 
injuries are unpredictable, playing time is unpredictable, transfers, all of those things. But hey, how many followers do you have? How many people can we reach if we if we have this partnership? Um, so building that following in a really unique way that differentiates you from any other point guard across the country or shoot any other point guard on our roster because everyone's pretty high potential um, is the difference between making really real money in this space and not. Um, and so we we really do spend a lot of time with them trying to it's inter- this is a really unique group of guys that we have right now because um, as we were talking about earlier, you have to spend a lot of time on education. And, and for a long time, it was d- don't do the wrong thing. Uh, make sure you don't say the wrong thing and have this ramifications. They're so conservative. They want to make sure they're showing up the right way. They're so professional right. that some of that vulnerability that ra- makes them um, really in- that can make you really endearing to to fans and make them really bite. Like some of that, it's pulling it's pulling teeth trying to get a lot of that out of them because they're professionals. Like I sat down with a lot of our freshmen in the beginning, and I was like, "All right, politician voice off. Let's me and you just talk." They're so used to being on all the time. Yeah. So getting them to show up as, as themselves. Um, has really been what we've spent a lot of time working on. When I used to do work for Nike and we had All-America Camp, one of the things I would teach is a course on media training. Yes. This is before social media. Yes. This is way back in the day. And to see how sophisticated the athletes are now in high school is incredible. And, you know, in some states you've got NIL in high school, now so the level of sophistication i would imagine by the time they get to duke probably off the charts it's uh mike to george our sid when i first got here i'm a bit neurotic as you'll know but we had media day and i was like well we should sit down and make sure they do this and say that and he's like you'll be okay and we were out there and i was just like standing and watching and he's like i told you like our guys are professionals yeah um so it, it's it's night and day compared to 10 years ago when i first started doing this stuff Coach Shire is following a legend in Coach K. So part of what I see here, the job is for recruiting, who's Coach Shire? And you got to get his story out. And it's not just about getting the player stories out. It's about if I'm going to go to Duke, this is the coach I'm playing for. And, you know, why should I play for him? And like you said, it's not one size fits all. Yeah. So as GM of Duke men's basketball, how are you getting Coach Shire's story out there? And I guess how much is he willing to be out there? Because he seems like a pretty soft-spoken, understated person, not a lot of bravado. So it might be a little bit of a challenge to go, hey, Coach, we got to tell your story a little bit. Yeah. And I think that we, we certainly can do even more with that. Coach Shire is a basketball savant. Like he is so heads down on our guys and their success and winning. Um, and he's so humble and selfless at a fault where we're like, people want to hear from you now. Um, and and he, not that he doesn't want to do it, but he, he's being really intentional about making sure that he's putting the team first always. He never wants it to be about him. Um People love him and they love his family and they want to learn more about him. So I think you'll see a lot more of that moving forward. But like you said, it's it's identifying and letting the world know what his brand is. He's players first always. Yeah. And he our group texts will be going on any minute he's not here or watching Duke basketball, he's watching some other basketball game. God bless Marcel for dealing with all of that. But he's and he and he I think that that's what people would really um, love to learn about him, how how much time, energy, and effort he pours into every single guy that comes through here. And every single play and every single sub and every single minute um, our guys are on the floor, he's, he's really meticulous and obsessive about um, how that's all coming to life. But then he also has, he's dangerously competitive, is how I would put it, about Every and anything. <laughs> everything is a competition. Everything is trivia. Everything is showing that he knows more about some subject matter than you may, which is which is really fun to be around too. So he he has a he has a fun side. He has a playful side, but he's super hyper focused on these guys in this team. It's really interesting to me uh, the comparison I would make. So I'm friends with Eric Spolstra. Yes, he was handpicked by Pat Riley to succeed him, and a lot of people were like, "Wow, we thought it would have been a more seasoned coach." Or nope. Pat Riley saw something in Eric Spolstra. He's the guy to succeed me. Looks like a genius now, right? Yeah. Coach K picked Coach Shire to succeed him. Sometimes the best person to pick the successor is the person who's been sitting in the seat for many, many years. But it says a lot about Coach Shire 
of, of all the people that have come through, you know, the brotherhood here, John Shire is the one that Coach K said, this is the guy that needs to succeed me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, Coach K probably knows him better than ever. Anyone definitely knows it. And having coached him and then coached alongside of him, he certainly saw something in him. And I think the other component of it um, was from a relationship perspective, no one does it better than than John Shire. He stays in touch with more people in a day than I could probably say over a, a week or so. And it's because he's always learning. Um, he wants to learn about you. He also wants to learn what you know, because he understands that there are things, there are ways in which he can benefit from from any interaction. And so when you talk to him, you're, he's really talking to you. He's locked in on you and who, who you are. And, and I think that that goes a really long way from not only a recruiting perspective, which is really important, but from a coaching perspective and building trust with with our guys and, and really getting them to buy in on him and, and his vision. Mm-hmm. Sports is very copycat, yeah. very copycat, like more than any other industry. Are we going to see, do you think, more positions like yours? Because I can see GMs of basketball. I can see GMs of football. Yes. I can see GMs of women's sports. Are we going to see more of this? Again, that's why I said at the beginning, I think this is a real trailblazer job that you have here. Yeah, I've seen it pop up a couple places since I started. And and I've seen it on the football side, but before I did more from a recruiting perspective. Um, I think the difference is, and this is something Coach and I spent a lot of time talking about before I accepted the role, it's not just about one thing with me. And I think what I can contribute to the success of this program is, isn't exclusively NIL or isn't exclusively uh, marketing, but really the full, and and as we kind of going for cir- full circle, as we talk about what players are looking for, they want this 360 holistic um, development program. And I think really looking at my past experience and how this, that's really led me to be able to advocate for our guys, strategize and think creatively with our guys. And then the one thing that, that I think is lost, but probably the most important thing is support them unconditionally and from, and because that right there, and and I learned that from from someone very early on, and and how she dealt with with the with the role that that she had. It's like knowing them, knowing that regardless of they had a thirty point game or a two point game, I'm going to show up the same with them every day, and I'm invested in whatever future they have on or off the court. I think that that can a lot of times be the difference between um, being successful or not. So. It's funny you mentioned that. So the number one thing I've seen evolve in the last two years at the pro and the collegiate level, mental health. Yeah. Everyone has programs in place to deal with the mental health of their athletes, especially the collegiate athletes, because they're not as evolved and developed as the pro athletes. What are you doing here at Duke? to help the athletes with mental health? Yeah, we have a bunch of different resources. We have a um, departmental resource here. Um, I think, I believe we have three different um, full-time mental health professionals here here at Duke that all of our guys have access to. And we've also um, brought in some some outside resources that, that work with the NBA and MBPA because mental health isn't one size fits all either. And what I've learned having, having um, been in therapy for a very long time is that it really depends. There's the biggest thing, especially when you talk about 18 year old men, the biggest thing in getting them to buy into not only needing it, but then using mental health resources is a level of comfortability and trust, which means that one person showing up and saying, hey, I do this for you. Come sit with me. Let's talk about it. Um, isn't going to work. So based on different situations, we've been able to bring in different resources that specialize in, in anything that they're that they're going for mm-hmm. going through. And Sometimes you have to Trojan horse it a little bit, but they they know that it's very easy to identify when when one of our guys is going through something and then being able to help them through that is is certainly part half the battle here. All right. Just a couple questions left. Sure. The Cameron crazies. Yeah. I mean, I'm on campus here and I walk up and I see Shashkyville and I see the tents. And um, I had always thought that it was like survival of the fittest. You got to camp out, you put your tent out there, and whoever can stay out there the longest eventually gets tickets. Well, I learned today there's like quizzes, there's uh, tent checks to make sure you're in your tent. Like there's a whole nother layer of, uh, you know, getting into 
Cameron Indoor Stadium to watch a Duke basketball game. I don't know that I've ever seen any pro or collegiate team where the fans are as rabid as they are here for Duke men's basketball. Yeah, it's unbelievable. We're so lucky to have have the crazies and all the credit um, to Debbie Shashevsky and Megan Arce in our marketing department. I've never seen anything like it. So yes, there were 1,700 students that took a I think like 30 question test on the floor in Cameron right now, the one night after Whitman's game. And the questions were everything from what, what did Ryan Young major in at Northwestern to what is Jay Lucas's favorite ice, whatever. And the top 800 students that answered those questions correctly and willingly, you took a test to agree to sleep outside for two weeks, which is the unbelievable part of it. Rain, sleet and snow. Um, and then I think that there's some, there's different colors of tent. I'm new to this, so I'm still figuring out there's different colors of tenting and, um, some people aren't out there as long and there's a, 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 um, uh, scavenger hunt for the late tenors to show up that you follow. So it's not, it's a well-oiled machine. The Cameron crazies have a business of their own completely uh, outside of, of, um, a lot of what we do. But when you have to earn the right to watch a game, you don't sit. Yeah, you don't stop yelling. You are in vet, so it's this really beautiful thing that that uh, Coach K and and Debbie have created, where they're just as invested in our success as we are. Like it's not even cl- fans can act like they care. The crazies have earned it, so they are just in, as invested in success as as everybody else. So it's really fun to be around. One of the young women I spoke with today, who's out in the tent, said, uh, "You know, my mom went to Duke. Mm-hmm. She tented. Mm-hmm. She told me I need to tent." So I was like, okay, this is funny. Like your parents are saying, you got to tent, you got to sleep outside for a couple of weeks and and earn the right to go in and and watch a game at at Cameron Indoor. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about um, Coach K and his legacy and and his family and everything they've brought to to Duke basketball, the consistency over time. So the fact that these traditions have happened and you know what they are and, and that's the price of entry here at Cameron. So it is what it is. Last question for you. Um, you know, again, this is a trailblazing job. You've got uh, a really fantastic resume. Do you ever look ahead and think about this is where I want to be in five years? Maybe it's still here and, and you know, evolving this program. Maybe you're commissioner of a, a league one day. Like, do you ever allow yourself to say, this is kind of where I want to go in the future? Any job I've ever had, I didn't either didn't know existed, I didn't think I could do, or some combination of those two things. Um, So when you think about exactly what the job is, I couldn't say exactly what the job is, but I know that my future will hold some version of of helping influential athletes contribute to society in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. I think that could be at a team. I think it could be um, in the, the representation space, but I just know that the there's always going to be a role for someone that is willing to think creatively and strategically about the way because that's the way they're thinking and that's what their expectations are um so working with with athlete, athletes men and women and how they're navigating the space will certainly be something in, in that realm well and from the people that i have spoken to about you before we met today mm-hmm. like one of the things they say is that you genuinely care and, and I think that's a wonderful trait because if you're working with these elite athletes, they want to know that someone genuinely cares. They're not caring because there's an agenda behind it. You genuinely care. And, and I think that speaks real highly of you. Thank you. For better or for worse, I certainly always care. <laughs> I don't have a, yeah, I, and, and I think that that's, as a woman, as a woman in this space, I learned very early on that my approach couldn't be like any of the approaches that I saw around me. They do not care what I think about how they dribble the ball, the basketball court. Um, and I think what I saw is that, kind of like I said before, um, caring, showing up unconditionally and, and really genuinely wanting what's best for them and their families and their future um, is kind of been my guiding principle in, in this world. And it's worked out okay so far. I think it's worked out really well. Rachel Baker, general manager of Duke Men's Basketball. Congratulations on this role. Continued success to you. And thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. Thank you. This episode of Sports Business Radio is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. 
the fastest growing fantasy app ever released and the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. And with early investors like Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and Jared Goff, I know that Underdog Fantasy is made for people like me who are on the go and want something quick, easy, and fun to play. And today we've got a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. If you sign up to Underdog Fantasy using the promo code SBR, they're going to double your first deposit up to $100. No risk, no long-term commitment. Just sign up using promo code SBR and your first deposit is matched up to $100 for free. I already play Underdog Fantasy on the Underdog Fantasy app, but if I didn't, I'd use that free $100 and go for a pick'em contest where I can bet the over-under on individual players or team matchups. Or maybe the Best Ball Mania 3 contest worth $10 million in total prizes. All you have to do is draft a team for the season. No waivers, no lineups, no injury reports. Underdog Fantasy takes care of all of that for you. So do what I've been doing. Go to Underdog Fantasy, download the app, sign up with promo code SBR, and get started right away with a free match on your first deposit up to $100. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our team at Sports Business Radio. Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Ryan Nakajima, and our friends at CG Sports who power Sports Business Radio, CG Young, Matt Amerlin, Nicole Wardle, and Calvin Wirtz. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.